Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Craggy, broken cliffs merged into red sided, cedar greened slopes running down and down in the gorges choked with forests, and from which soared up a roar of rushing waters. Slope after slope, ridge beyond ridge, canyon, merging into canyon. So the tremendous bowl sunk away to its black, deceiving depths, a wilderness across which travel seemed impossible. Wonderful, exclaimed Jean. Indeed it is, murmured the girl. Sure that is Arizona. I reckon I love this. The heights and depths, the awfulness of its wilderness. And you want to leave it? Yes and no. I don't deny the peace that comes to me here, but not often do I see the basin, and for that matter, one doesn't live on grand scenery. Child, even once in a while, this sight would cure any misery if you only see. I'm glad I came. I'm glad you showed it to me first. She, too, seemed under the spell of a vastness and loneliness and beauty and grandeur that could not but strike the heart. Jean took her hand again. Girl, say you will meet me here, he said, his voice ringing deep in his ears. Sure I will, she replied softly and turned to him. It seemed then that Jean saw her face for the first time. She was beautiful, as he had never known beauty. Limbed against that scene, she gave it life, wild, sweet, young life, the poignant meaning of which haunted yet eluded him. But she belonged there. Her eyes were again searching his, as if for some lost part of herself, unrealized, never known before, wandering, wistful, hopeful, glad they were eyes that seemed surprised to reveal part of her soul. Then her red lips parted. Their tremulous movement was a magnet to Jean. An invisible and mighty force pulled him down to kiss them. Whatever the spell had been, that rude, unconscious action broke it. He jerked away, as if he expected to be struck. Girl, I, I, he gasped in amazed and sudden dawning contrition, I kissed you, but I swear it wasn't intentional. I never thought. The anger that Jean anticipated failed to materialize. He stood breathing hard, with a hand held out in unconscious appeal. By the same magic, perhaps, that had transfigured her a moment past, she was now invested again by the older character. 
Sure, I reckon my calling you a gentleman was a little previous, she said, with a rather dry bitterness. But, stranger, you're sudden. You're not insulted? asked Jean hurriedly. Oh, I've been kissed before. Sure, men are all alike. They're not, he replied hotly, with a sudden rush of disillusion, a dulling of enchantment. Don't you class me with other men who've kissed you? I wasn't myself when I did it, and I'd have gone on my knees to ask your forgiveness. But now I wouldn't, and I wouldn't kiss you again either, even if you, you wanted it. Jean read in her strange gaze what seemed to him a vague doubt, as if she was questioning him. Miss, I take that back, added Jean shortly. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be rude. It was a mean trick for me to kiss you, a girl alone in the woods, who's gone out of her way to be kind to me. I don't know why I forgot my manners, and I ask your pardon. She looked away then, and presently pointed far out and down into the basin. There's Grass Valley, that long gray spot in the black. It's about fifteen miles. Right along the rim that way, till you cross the trail. Sure, you can't miss it. Then go down. I'm much obliged to you, replied Jean, reluctantly accepting what he regarded as his dismissal. Turning his horse, he put his foot in the stirrup, then, hesitating, looked across the saddle at the girl. Her abstraction, as she gazed away over the purple depths, suggested loneliness and wistfulness. She was not thinking of that scene spread so wondrously before her. It struck Jean that she might be pondering a subtle change in his feeling and attitude, something he was conscious of, yet could not define. "'Reckon this is good-bye,' he said, with hesitation. "'Adios, senor,' she replied facing him again. She lifted the little carbine to the hollow of her elbow, and, half-turning, appeared ready to depart. "'Adios means good-bye,' he queried. "'Yes, good-bye till tomorrow, or good-bye forever. Take it as you like.' "'Then you'll meet me here day after tomorrow?' How eagerly he spoke on impulse, without consideration of the intangible thing that had changed him. Did I say I wouldn't? No, but I reckoned you'd not care to after, he replied, breaking off in some confusion. Sure, I'll be glad to meet you day after tomorrow about mid-afternoon, right here. Fetch all the news from Grass Valley. All right, thanks, that'll be fine, replies Jean, and as he spoke he experienced a buoyant thrill, a pleasant lightness of enthusiasm, such as always stirred boyishly in him, at a prospect of adventure. Before it passed, he wondered at it and felt unsure of himself. He needed to think. Stranger, sure I'm not recollectin' that you've told me who you are, she said. No, I reckon I didn't tell you, he returned. What difference does that make? I said, I didn't care who or what you are. Can't you feel the same about me? Sure I felt that way, she replied, somewhat nonplussed with the level brown gaze steadily on his face. But now you make me think. Let's meet without knowing any more about each other than we do now. Sure, I'd like that. In this big, wild Arizona, a girl, and I reckon a man, feels so insignificant. What's a name, anyhow? Still, 
People and things have to be distinguished. I'll call you a stranger and be satisfied, if you say it's fair for you, not to tell me who you are. Fair? No, it's not, declared Jean, forced to confession. My name is Jean, Jean Isbel. Isbel, she exclaimed with a violent start. Sure you can't be the son of old gas Isbel. I've seen both his sons. He has three, replied Jean with relief. Now the secret was out. I'm the youngest. I'm twenty-four. Never been out of Oregon till now. On my way. The brown color slowly faded out of her face, leaving her quite pale, with eyes that began to blaze. The suppleness of her seemed to stiffen. My name's Ellen Jorth, she burst out passionately. Does it mean anything to you? Never heard it in my life, protested Jean. Sure, I reckon you belong to the sheep raisers who are on the outs with my father. That's why I had to tell you that I'm Jean Isbel. Ellen Jorth, it's strange and pretty. Reckon I can be just as good a friend to you. No, Isbel can ever be a friend to me, she said, with bitter coldness. Stripped of her ease and her soft wistfulness, she stood before him one instant, entirely another girl, a hostile enemy. Then she wheeled and strolled off into the woods. Jean, in amaze, in consternation, watched her swiftly draw away with her lithe, free step, wanting to follow her, wanting to call her. But the resentment roused by her suddenly avowed hostility held him mute in his tracks. He watched her disappear, and when the brown and green wall of forest swallowed the slender gray form, he fought against the insistent desire to follow her, and fought in vain. End of chapter 1, part 2